If I haven't had a chance to meet you, or if you're new here, I am John Gurton. I'm the creative arts pastor here at FBC. And we've been doing a series for the last, now 10 weeks, called Healthy. And I want to read to you a summarization of what this series was about uh, when we first put it on our website. This has been on there the whole time. It says, Jesus told us he came to give us life and life to the full. We want to believe this to be true, but we often think that it's an unattainable dream. Yet... It is possible. Together we will explore what it means to be a healthy follower of Jesus in a complicated world. As Solomon wrote, pay attention to what I say. Turn your ear to my words. Do not let them out of your sight. Keep them within your heart. For they are life to those who find them and health to one's whole body. So we've been asking these questions. And ultimately it comes down to, am I healthy? And we've had a lot of opportunities to ask that question about our, our, our faith, our spiritual lives, our physical lives, our mental lives, whatever it may be, asking that question, where am I? Am I healthy? And it's been some hard questions for some of you, and we've had some great conversations. But before we start this morning, I, I want us to do one simple thing. We're just going to take a breath. We're going to take a moment to slow down from the busyness of your previous week to slow down from your morning so far, and to engage in this moment now. So everybody, just take a breath. Some of you aren't doing it, so we're going to do it again. Everybody take a breath. It's kind of nice, right? Isn't that nice? Every once in a while, just to take a breath. For an asthmatic, it's essential. Um, But I want to ask you a question. Now that you've had a chance to calm down and settle, why are the lights off? That's my question. No, it's not really. Nick will get it. But the question is, how many of you have ever been pulled over for speeding? Raise your hand. Now, you're probably thinking, you just had us calm down, and then you asked me about a stressful situation. I want you to notice my hand is up. I've been pulled over for speeding once, and it was like .1 mile away from our house when I was in high school, and that usually seems to be the case. You're just about to get home, and they get you. Um, But uh, as the officer came to my window, I rolled the window down because back then I probably actually had to roll it. uh, And he said, what? One of two things. What what do you think it was? Do you know how fast you're going or do do you know why I pulled you over? Yeah. And we're going to focus on the first one that you said. Do you realize how fast you were going? Because I think there's a lot of us here who have no clue how fast we were going. And there is a police officer in the back who's going to come in here and issue tickets to every one of you today. (laughs) Not really. He was here for worship. That's my brother-in-law. In case you ever do see a police officer in the back, there's not a security issue. That's just Drew Grunewald. He's a local officer. He's married to my sister. He comes here on Sundays to worship with us. So put that out of your mind, all right? (laughs) That's why he's here. But this morning, I'd like us to focus on slowing down. So slow down number one, as you see on the screen, is do you realize how fast you are going? See, it's so easy to get caught up in this rhythm, especially in the United States. What normally, when you say to somebody, how are you doing? One of the main responses is, I'm busy. There's so much going on. Man. Right? It's like we brag about it. If we don't have something going on, we feel bad. How's life going? Well, there's not a lot going on. I, I don't have a lot. You know, like we, we shrug and we feel like, Ugh. but then if we can say, oh, lots going on, super busy, everything, you know, I've got so much to do, we feel good about it. 
Why? Because that's just a culture we live in. We're rushing to get things done, even in church on Sundays. You know, when we go outside, the, the, the crew is out there just like, go, 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 trying to get everything done. Our children's ministries team down there does a great job trying to get everybody checked in. I'm sure you feel that, bringing your kids in, making breakfast, getting everybody dressed, how that is. My wife this morning, I don't know how she did it. She's leading worship. She has a four-month-old. She has two kids trying to get them all ready to get to church. Like, that's crazy. There's just so much going on. We live in this chaotic, fast-paced life. There's so much to do, we just push forward. Everything's just racing past us. We don't even realize how fast we're going. We're oblivious to it. But the thing is, is this pace of life that we all seem to just think is normal is not sustainable. Eventually, our minds, our our spirits, our bodies will just say, no, I can't do it anymore. I need a break. I need to slow down. And I have been there before when it's just like, nope, you're done. You have to take a break. See, we weren't built for this kind of speed. Chris spoke a few weeks ago on the idea of Sabbath, how God actually builds that into his law to take a breath. Wow. Uh, So every time that title slide goes off, the lights are going to go off. If you can change that, Adrian, that'd be great. Um, Nick, can you show her how to do that? Um, Where was I? Let's slow down and and think about that. Uh, He spoke about Sabbath. And the idea that we need to slow down, to take a break. And I encourage you, if you didn't listen to that message, to go back, go on our website, to go on any podcasting platform on the Church Center app, wherever it may be, and listen to that sermon. See, this idea of going at a crazy pace, it reminds me of a story in Scripture. And I think we've all realized this in our own lives or other people's lives, but it's not abnormal. It just happens. We get caught up in this pace. So there's two women that we're going to talk about. And Jesus, as it says in Luke 10, and his disciples, they were on their way somewhere. So he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what she said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. So she came to Jesus, and I want you to picture it this way. This is the way I picture it. Martha's hair is disheveled. She's got a towel over her shoulder. She just did the dishes. She's got a handful of laundry. She's exasperated, and she walks up to Jesus, and she says this. Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do all this work by myself? Tell her to help me. How many have you been there before? Where it's just like, there's so much to do. Why are you helping me? I'm trying to get this done. So I just saw somebody with their hand up like this. Let's admit it, all right? We've been there. See, Jesus then says, yeah, you're right. Mary, go help her. You should be helping, right? No. He says, Martha, Martha, slow down. Calm down for a second. He says, you're worried and upset about so many different things, but only a few things are needed. In fact, only one thing is needed, and Mary has chosen what is better. And it will not be taken away from her. See, I immediately relate to Martha in this story, which might come as a surprise to my wife because she knows how much I hate housework. So why would I relate to Martha? Well, in a work setting. I think some of you understand this too. You get to work, you've got that to-do list. It's just go, 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 go the whole time. And you might be thinking, you work at a church. You're in the presence of God all the time. Yeah, we all are. But when I get to the church, I've got all this stuff to do. And by the end of the day, it's just a blur. And I think that we've all been in that situation where it's just a blur. 
I'm sure others can relate here as well, but what does Jesus say to, her, to Martha? He says, Mary has chosen what is better. So what's better? Slowing down. Being in the presence of God. Not everything else that you need to do. See, Martha was worried about, I've got to get all these things done. I need my appearance of my home and myself and everything to look good so that Jesus knows I'm a good person. So that Jesus knows I've got it together. When in all reality, he's like, no, I just want you to be with me. I just want you to do what Mary's doing and, and to be with me. Pete Scazzaro says this, Most of us are in a hurry, battling to make the best use of every spare minute we have. We end our days exhausted from the endless needs. Then our free time becomes willed with more demands in an already overburdened life. We read about the need to rest and recharge but we can't stop. It's like being addicted. Only it's not drugs or alcohol, but to activity and doing. Our bodies physiologically cannot seem to get off adrenaline to slow down. We fear how many things might fall apart, so we just keep going. I think we've become addicted to it. What Our first response is, I'm busy, I've got things to do. Because that's a good thing in our minds. It's go, go, go. Even when we're supposed to be resting, we stay awake in our beds at night, processing the next day of how can I get all these things done within this day. And if I didn't get those things done earlier, I stay awake because I'm like, well, I didn't get that done, so now I have to change everything to get this done tomorrow. We never unwind. And ironically, when COVID did hit, I remember so many people saying, including Angela and I, oh, it's nice that even though this is an awful situation, we, we can slow down. We can take a breath and we realize this pace of life is not sustainable. It's not healthy for our family, for our kids. And yet a year and a half later, most of us are right back at it, if not worse. Because we're trying to catch up from that year and a half off of work that we had, whatever it might be. We just jumped right back in without even thinking about it. One of God's great prophets tells us, if you do this, you're going to be exhausted. What you need to do is trust in the hope of God and rest in him. Isaiah says this in chapter 40, verse 31. But they who hope for the Lord or those who uh, wait on the Lord shall renew their strengths. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. See, we so often take the perspective that if I hurry up and I get it all done, then I can slow down. I have to do all that first, just like Martha. I can spend time with Jesus after I get everything else done. But by the time we have everything done, we're exhausted. I know in our house, it's like you go, 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 put the kids to bed, and then we're like, okay, let's just sit down and watch TV. I don't want to think. I don't want to do anything, right? Or let's just sit down and play a game. Let's just sit down. Whatever it is, you just, you're done. But Isaiah reminds us that in the slowing down, in the midst of it, when you take a moment to slow down and rest, God will renew you. He will renew you so much that you'll soar on wings like eagles. It's, it's something supernatural that we don't understand. It's like my Uncle Bob has said to me, and I've shared this before, but it's worth saying again. It's a great saying. We are so busy being human doings that we've forgotten what it is to be human beings. That's our nature. If I'm not doing something, then I'm not doing it right. But even Jesus knew his limits. There's many times in scriptures, in scripture where he takes a break. He removes himself. 
he goes, takes a nap. Matthew 8 is one of those. It says, now when Jesus saw a crowd around him, he gave orders to depart to the other side of the sea. Later in Matthew 8, he then goes and takes a nap on a boat. And if you know the scripture, that story gets a little crazy, right? The storm starts to happen, but he needed a break. Later on in Matthew chapter 14, it says, immediately he made the disciples get into the boat and go ahead of him to the other side while he sent the crowds away. Jesus had a short amount of time on this planet. He knew that he would be heading to the cross. He knew when he started his ministry, I've got a few years to do these things. So he probably thought, I've got to do a lot. I've got to keep going. I've got this to-do list. I've got a lot to do. But he also knew the importance of slowing down, of taking a break, of being present with people. There's even a story where he's rushing through a crowd and somebody touches the hem of his garment. And instead of saying, I don't have time for that, I've got to keep going, what does he do? He stops. Someone touched my garment. They need me. I'm going to slow down for a second. See, slowing down gives us the opportunity to, to analyze what's happening in life, but also to look within in our own lives, which is slow down number two. To look within, to take that opportunity. Because when we're going at this frantic pace, and how many of you have been here, you're going, you're working at the house, you're doing projects, you're at work, whatever it is, and you walk by something that's reflective, a mirror, a, a window, whatever it might be, and you're going, 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 and you look, and you're like, whoa, I look awful. My eyes are puffy. My hair is messy. I've got dirt on my face. How long has that been on my face? I've been talking to people today. You know, you just have that moment of, whoa, this is not good. You realize just how disheveled you are. It's not too pretty in the moment. See, it's time when we slow down that we get to see the good and the bad in our lives. And we start to look within and say, I'm going to take a minute because life has been going by too quickly. Most of us, when we are moving at this pace, we start to look around and start to blame other people that they're not going fast enough. And you might think, no, that's not the case. Well, think about this. You're on the highway. You're getting somewhere. You're a little late. You need to get there on time. So instead of going 70, you're going 75, maybe 80, maybe pushing to 85, let's be honest. And you start to get in the passing lane, and there's somebody going the speed limit in the passing lane. What are you doing? You're in the passing lane. You're supposed to be going faster. Don't you understand? I need to get there. You're in my way. Get out of my way. Pull over. I'm going to go in the right lane. If you're not getting over, then I'm going to get over. You know? We start freaking out a little bit. We start to say, you're not going at the pace that I think you need to go, so you're wrong, I'm right. Or better yet, you go to the grocery store. You need to pick up 10 things, that's it. So you go in the express lane checkout, 12 items or less. You see that person in front of you, they have 13. What on earth is the matter with you? Do you not realize that I have 10 and you have 13 and I need to get somewhere right now? Manager, right? We start to get all up in arms about stuff, and it starts to happen in other areas of our life. We're so fast-paced. We're so thinking about other stuff. We get on Facebook. You're wrong. I'm right. I'm going to let you know, and I'm not even going to care about it because I'm running past this. I made that comment yesterday. I don't even think about it now. We just keep going. It's the pace of life. So this story in Scripture resonates too. Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, hey, let me check out that speck in your eye. You've got something going on that you need to fix. When all the time there's a plank in your own eye. You hypocrite, first take the plank out of your own eye, then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. 
See, we're so frantically trying to get things done that we're neglecting our need for self-analyzation. We don't realize that all these judgments we're pouring out on everybody else are probably judgments that are reflecting on us as well, that we need to work on. And we need to realize we're in need of help. So slowing down helps us to do that. But it also, instead of just focusing on the negative, when we slow down, sometimes we're like, I'm an awful person. I, I've, I've, my life is crazy. I need to fix this. This isn't good. It also gives us the opportunity to slow down and realize God created us in his image. That we are unique creatures. That God loves us so much that he calls us his sons and daughters. He calls us dearly loved. And when you slow down, you can accept the blessing, the identity that we have in Christ. 1 John 3, 1 says, See what great love the Father has lavished on us. That we should be called children of God. And that is what we are. So if we can slow down enough, then we can start to accept that love. Maybe you feel unloved. Maybe you feel unlovable. And you're going at this pace. Take a moment to slow down and realize that God is looking at you with eyes of adoration. He's looking at you with wide open arms saying, I love you. I'm here for you. First Peter 2 says, But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession. And I'm sure all of you are sitting here thinking, yep, I fully believe that I am royal, that I am a priesthood, and that I am holy. You all just accept that, right? Probably not. If you do, let's talk about it afterwards. Maybe there's a pride issue. But it says that you are all these things that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful life. So when we take a moment to slow down and let that idea settle into our hearts, it should change our perspective. Instead of thinking I'm a failure because I don't have enough time for my job, for my family, for whatever it may be, or thinking I can't get ahead, I'm so behind, I'm so tired, I'm exhausted, I'm not worth it. When you have those things running through your head, realize you're loved by God. So much so that he calls you his children. It says in scripture that we are adopted into sonship. Our identity is not in the fast-paced life surrounding us that everybody says it is. It's in, not in the to-do list, it's not in the work, it's in his presence. And that's why he says Mary chose the right thing. Realize that we are loved by God. And then in 1 Peter 2.9 it says, You are all these things, your identity is in me. Why? So that you may declare the praises of God. You know, we might even come into church with so much on our minds that We've just got all this stuff going on that by the time we get past the worship portion and we get into the teaching portion, we're like, oh yeah, I'm at church. I should be focusing. Maybe you sat or sang during the worship and you sang everything, but you never actually thought about it. It's just another thing on your to-do list for Sunday, so you did it, but you never actually processed. God is good. Yeah, I should worship him. You didn't slow down enough to do that. And if we can't slow down enough in an hour on a Sunday morning, then how on earth are we going to do that throughout the rest of the week? This hour is dedicated for that purpose, to slow down, to accept his blessings, to bless him in return, to apply those things that we learn in Scripture. But if we're not slowing down enough to do that today, then how are we going to do it tomorrow? So when we slow down, we ask that question, how fast am I going? Then we start, start to say, who am I in Christ? Start to look within. And then number three, if you can slow down, be slow to speak. 
when you slow down, stop talking. Why? Well, James, the brother of Jesus, encourages us with this idea. He says, my dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Highlight this passage. Write it down. Put it somewhere that you'll notice it. Make it an alarm on your phone. Put it on your fridge. Put it on your mirror. He's saying this is important. Everyone should be quick to listen. Slow to speak and slow to become angry. Because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. You know what this reminds me of? When my kids, Evie and Everett, are out in the yard and something happens and we hear one of them yell and they come inside and Angela are like, uh-oh, what happened? Nine times out of ten, it's Everett. And he runs in and he's like, Daddy? I'm like, what? Evie pushed me, but I pushed her first. And the reason was that I was up on the thing and I wasn't supposed to be. And she told me that I wasn't supposed to be, but I wanted to do it anyways. And then she got after me, so then I pushed her because she got after me. But then she pushed me, so I'm not wrong because I pushed her because she pushed me. And then she pinched me, and then this happened. And you're like, whoa! Slow down, buddy. Start over. Tell me what actually happened. And again, nine times out of ten, Everett probably did something he wasn't supposed to do. He's a good kid, but he's also a little boy, so it's fun. Um, But it reminds me of God looking at us sometimes. That we come to him and we say, I'm going to spend some time in prayer. But we just start throwing prayer requests and all these things, all these needs at God. And he's like, slow down. You're talking at me. You're not talking to me or with me. Slow down. Be slow to speak and listen to me. Slow down and talk with me. You you sound so angry, so agitated, so overwhelmed. Take a moment, take a breath, start over. I think it's the same with our relationships with others too. How often do we slow down enough to actually listen to our children? And I'm guilty of this to listen to our spouses, to listen to our friends and hear their perspective. See, so often we're not willing to actually listen. He says, be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to become angry. See, what slowing down does is it offers us the opportunity to actually hear someone else's perspective. It gives us a chance to respond instead of react. And there is a big difference. Reaction is like that. I'm not actually listening to you. I'm already formulating what I want to say to you while you talk, so I'm not actually hearing you. I'm going to tell you my opinion before I even think about your opinion. See, when we slow down enough to listen, it changes the atmosphere of a conversation because we're saying, I deem you worthy enough for me actually to be quiet, to actually listen to you, to actually tell you that I care enough to hear what you have to say. And that's true in in in-person conversations, online conversations as well. Because how easy is it to be scrolling on Facebook and somebody posts something and be like, you're wrong, I don't like you, keep going. That's not a conversation. That's being quick to speak, not quick to listen. But it also changes the atmosphere of our relationship with Christ. Because it's the same thing. God, I'm giving you an opportunity I'm telling you that you are Lord, I'm surrendering, and I'm just going to listen to you. Because what you have for me is more important than what I have for you. We need to be able to slow down to listen to his voice and his promptings, and also slow down enough to listen and reflect on his goodness. 
And that's what the fourth one is. Slow down. Number four is reflect on his goodness. Psalm 27, 13 through 14 says, I believe that I shall look, I remain confident of this. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord. Be strong and take heart and wait for the Lord. So when we wait, we can look at God and say, I'm confident that you are here. You're in the land of the living. I see you because I'm slowing down enough to see you. Psalm 30, verses 20 through 22 says this. We wait and hope for the Lord. He is our help and our shield. In him our hearts rejoice, for we trust in his holy name. May your unfailing love be with us, Lord, even as we put our hope in you. Man, I'm trusting in you. I'm realizing that you are who you say you are because I'm slowing down enough to actually see you as my Lord. See, when we slow down, we can reflect on the nature of who God is. We've heard this phrase, stop and smell the roses, right? A lot of us have heard that. What if we changed it slightly and we said something like, slow down and see the creator? Slow down enough that you can actually see the glory of God around you. My dad used to laugh at a buddy of mine and I when we were kids, when we would go on any kind of car trip. As we were driving, things would be going past us and we'd look out the window and go, tree, 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 until he would say, stop it. But he always used to laugh at that because it was like we just wanted to count every tree. And that's kind of how it is in life. We can think that we're seeing God. We're going tree, 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 God, tree, tree, tree. But we didn't actually slow down enough to actually see the glory of God. We recognize it, but we move on. But when we can slow down enough to actually see the glory of God, of our creator, even when you see a deer in your backyard eating your hydrangeas or whatever they eat, you can actually look at that and be like, man, you're beautiful, God. The cycle that is there is, is awesome, even though that's frustrating. My parents are laughing because they're so frustrated with deer in their yard. But that's the reality is, is he's all around. Our creator is all around. And we just have to slow down enough to see it. Or what about slow down and hear from the spirit? If we're so busy talking and we're not will, willing to listen, we're never going to hear from God. He might have a directive for you. He might have a calling on your life, but you're so busy telling him what you want or living life in a way that you're trying to get all your to-do list done that you're not giving opportunity for the spirit to say, I'm here. Listen to my voice. You are loved. Or what about slow down and remember the love of Jesus? Be honest. When's the last time you slowed down enough to thank Jesus for the cross? To actually think about salvation and say thank you. I'm here because you gave your son. I'm here because Jesus was willing. I have salvation. I have freedom. I have this life to the full because of you. Thank you. If we're so busy trying to do church and get past church so that we can go to Wendy's, or if we're trying to think about everything else we got to do, we don't slow down enough. We don't even recognize the fact that we're breathing because of God. Slow down. Just like the psalmist tells us, be still. As we sang earlier, be still and know that I am God. 
I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. Slow down enough to recognize my authority, my lordship, that I am in control and you are not. I'll often mention my best times are when I'm mowing the lawn, when I'm woodworking, when I'm walking out in nature. Mowing the lawn is easy, especially if you've got a push mower like me because you're just walking in a straight line and you turn around and walk in a straight line. So you just get in this mode of like, I'm not thinking about anything. But what I do is I put on headphones and I start to listen to praise and worship. I start to worship God in that moment because I don't really have to think. I'm just going. Woodworking, I have to think a little bit more because my fingers are there. You know, I don't want to cut those off. But you get into a mode. Johnny knows what I'm talking about. You get into a mode, right, as you're woodworking and you start to just think about God and talk to him. Out in nature, I recognize his glory. For you, it might be different. But we need to take those times to calm down. See, what we don't realize is that when we're going at a frantic pace and trying to get all of these things done, we are claiming control over our lives. This is what I deem to be important, so I'm going to do this. I'm going to go as fast as I can to get these things done. But in the end, God is in control of it all anyways. And God might have a different plan for you. Some of you have probably been in a place in life where you are going so frantic, so fast towards a certain thing, and then God comes in and he says, nope, you're going to go this way now. Isn't that frustrating, though? You're like, well, I'm almost done with this. I've got six things left to do on this, and I could finish it, and now you want me to go over here? So we have a choice. Am I going to listen to God and slow down and follow him, or am I going to finish what I deem is important? Who's in control? Pete Scazzaro says, you and I are not God. Say that again. Write it down. You and I are not God. We are not running the world. Even though we might think we are, we are not running the world. He is. So what does God do? He invites us to relax, to enjoy the fact that we are not in charge of this world. That even when we die, the world will continue on nicely without us. It's a sobering thought, right? Everything will continue on without us because God is in control. Now, I find it interesting, and I was able to see this happen this past week. A lot of the times, it takes really big moments in our lives to actually force ourselves to slow down. And this past week, it was really cool to hear some stories about Max Rutz's life. And sometimes it takes this huge moment for families to come together, to take an opportunity to take a breath, to slow down, and to reflect And inevitably, in those moments, you laugh and you cry and you share these stories. And it's so refreshing in the midst of that pain that you can remember and you can slow down. I know for our family, when my dad went in for his heart surgery, we all came together. We all sat together. We cried together. We laughed together. We shared stories. And it's just a powerful time. But why is it that it takes these huge moments for us to do that? Why? Because we're not taking the opportunity ourselves to slow down. And so eventually there's going to be that moment. See, we have the opportunity to come in every Sunday, to end our crazy weeks, to begin our coming weeks by slowing down, by reflecting on God's word and his glory. So this morning, let's do that. Let's slow down for a minute. We have the opportunity to do that right now. To slow down and ask, how fast am I really going? To slow down and say, do I believe that I'm a child of God? Do I actually look 
within and see his glory emanating in me? To slow down and say, God, I want to listen to you today. To slow down and to reflect on his goodness. We're going to sing a song as we close that we sang earlier, Goodness of God. And maybe this morning, instead of actually singing it, just be quiet and slow down and think about what you're singing and start to lift praise to God in your own words. Before we do that, though, I'm going to read to us out of Psalm 116. And I encourage you during this time to actually close your eyes and to listen to these words, to let them uh, settle into your heart, to slow down and hear from God. So I encourage you at this time to go ahead and close your eyes. I love the Lord because he has heard my appeal for mercy. Because he has turned his ear to me. I will call out to him as long as I live. The ropes of death were wrapped around me. And the torments of Sheol overcame me. I encountered trouble and sorrow. Then I called on the name of the Lord. Lord, save me. The Lord is gracious and righteous. Our God is compassionate. The Lord guards the inexperienced. I was helpless, and he saved me. Return to your rest, my soul. For the Lord has been good to you. For you, Lord, rescued me from death. My eyes from tears. My feet from stumbling. I will walk before the Lord in the land of the living. I believed even when I said I am severely oppressed. In my alarm, I said everyone is a liar. How can I repay the Lord? for all the good he has done for me. I will take the cup of salvation and call on the name of the Lord. I will fulfill my vows to the Lord in the presence of all his people. The death of his faithful ones is valuable in the Lord's sight. Lord, I am indeed your servant. I am your servant, the son of your female servant. You have loosened my bonds. I will offer you a thanksgiving sacrifice and call on the name of the Lord. I will fulfill my vows to the Lord in the presence of all his people, in the courts of the Lord house, within you, Jerusalem. Hallelujah. So, so. 
to be known by you. God, help us to take opportunity to slow down and recognize that daily. Maybe when we pull up to a yield sign, to be reminded to reflect on you and your goodness, that you are at work in this world and in our lives. When we're at a red light or a stop sign, whatever it may be, to stop 
Say, God, you are good. God, help us to look within and to recognize those things that we need to work on. But also to recognize that we are adopted into your family as sons and daughters of God. To walk with that confidence, that hope, and that authority. And to rest in that as well. God, we are all well aware that tomorrow brings its burdens, its needs, its to-do lists. But God, help us to surrender control over those things to you. God, to know that you are in control and we are not. To slow down enough to recognize that. So God, we thank you for your goodness, for your love, for the reminder to stop and reflect on those things. We thank you, Lord. Amen. 